Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home, which is why they say, from farm to bowl. Well, this is really the most original author, because really more than an author, he is a world adventurer from another century. The book that he's written, Dean Nicholson, is called Nala's World, One Man, His Rescue Cat, and a Bike Ride Around the Globe, and literally around the globe with a cat on his shoulder, what an extraordinary person you are, Dean Nicholson. You really are from another century. The times when <laughs> Shackleton and all kinds of crazy UK people went all around the globe and put up with hardship and thought it was dandy. And you're still on the road, aren't you, in a way? I mean, it's not like you ever went home to Scotland and put down roots and have a cozy stone cottage somewhere with Nala the cat. No, um, I'm still on the road. We've popped back twice. Wow. Um, during a trip to go and see my gran, but that's it. Um, as my gran's 91 year old, so she can't really see or hear, so we thought we'd go back and surprise her just a few weeks ago. But I, we live on the road, this is what we do, so we're just going to keep going. It's kind of extraordinary because the book, you're very, you're very honest about yourself in the beginning of the book. You were sort of a 30-year-old teenager, and maybe you'll always be a teenager. You take risks. You don't care about possessions or status or prestige or success in that way. You got on this very fancy bike that you saved up money for, and you made it a, a, some, a trailer that could go behind it. And before you knew it, this little teensy-tinesy kitten was running after you while you were biking. That struck me as really unusual. We think of cats as running away from something that's kind of startling. And this kitty in the middle of nowhere, you were in the mountains of Bosnia, was running after yeah. you. And, and even she made quite a lot of noise. She got your attention by, by making noise, didn't she? Yeah, and we were cycling. It was just an ordinary, an ordinary day for me. Um, cycling up through Bosnia, I was just about to cross into Montenegro um, cycling up a hill and I've got a big sound system on the back of my bike because I just like love listening to music when um, I'm cycling and then I just heard this wee meow coming from behind me and I stopped, pulled the bike over and there was just this wee cat running up the side of the road chasing me, meowing her heart out so I stopped, pulled over, um, I gave her some pesto which you're not meant to give cats, I found out afterwards but um, gave her pesto and I mean, may I just interrupt bit. to say it was so strange to think 
you had pesto, and it was even red pesto. Now, we all think of pesto as being made from basil and being something you put on pasta for the most part. Why did you have a jar or a container of red pesto with you? What were you doing with it? Well, that was for my lunch, and it's like it was red pesto. It's a tomatoey flavored pesto. And yeah, I had that planned for my lunch, but she came along and she was a lot hungrier than me. So um, I poured it onto a rock and she just, she wolfed it down. It was gone in seconds. And um, yeah, then I put her up on the front of my bike. I thought I'm going to get her to the next town and check if she's got a microchip, see if she belongs to anyone. And got her there. I started cycling, actually. And then she was trying to get off the bike and I thought, oh, she obviously wants to go. She wants to run away. But then she just climbed up my arm onto my shoulder while I was cycling and fell asleep behind my neck. And that was the moment I fell in love with her. And that was the moment that changed your life as a as a couple, as a pair of travelers, because you took some video of it and it wound up on the Dodo, the very popular international site for amazing animal things. And I guess what's really extraordinary to see as well as to understand, is this this little teensy tiny kitten chose you above all other things in the world that she could have done. She was free. She was free as a bird or as a little kitten might be. And she wanted to ride on your shoulder in all weathers. I mean, you figured out how to keep her dry when a pouring deluge came down. But that's what she wanted to do. It must have felt amazing to you. You were such a solitary traveler. You had had a buddy you'd started the trip with, but it didn't go well, and off he went. You were completely naked in the world, if you will, with your tent and your bike, and you were going to go around the globe by yourself, and you suddenly had a very devoted companion. Did it seem just like, oh, it's fate? I mean, you talk about a Scottish saying. I'd love to hear you say the word. Had it been the Mm -hmm. destiny that you two found each other. But talk about what that felt like to you. You had chosen to do this solo, and now you had a responsibility as well as the joy and comfort of her. But it was a huge responsibility. Um, Yeah, it was straight away. Obviously, you're just going looking after yourself. And then all of a sudden, you've got this small kitten to look after. And I think if from the get-go, if she didn't want to be with me, you can't, I mean, you can't force a cat to do anything you don't want to do. Correct. So if she if she wanted to leave there and then, she would have been off. And the fact that she stayed on my shoulder, um, all she was wanting was to be loved and warm. And she stayed with me. And then, obviously, the bond just kept on getting stronger and stronger. And here we are, almost a year and a half later, two years later. And it's just, I love her to pieces. It's, a, it's really quite something when you talk in the book about, oh, I love this kitten to pieces. The thing that strikes me more is how much this kitten adores you. She just, it's beyond a bond. It's almost like she has to be part of you. She's just always on you and with you. It's, it's so touching, Dean, because people have cats that are very close to them and love them. But this little creature who was all by herself in the middle of nowhere saw kind of her savior, but also she's a fellow adventurer. She's very brave. You went, you've been all over the world. You've gone to many amazing rescues and sanctuaries, mostly for dogs around the world. It didn't phase her. What What do you make of that? Uh, she's not phased at all. I mean, we've been kayaking. Yes. And yes. she's just sat, she's sat in front of me with a life jacket on, and she's just been so happy. She just looks up at me, and I'm just her her safety zone. Yes. And I mean, just having that sort of responsibility, it's just, it's an amazing feeling to have it from a cat. 
It is. And the fact that she went from, okay, maybe you could think, all right, well, she likes the wind in her face and she likes being on the bike, although it's it's hot and it's cold and it's windy and she wants to be with you. She's like your girl. And then you're getting in a kayak. There's wonderful photos in the book. Getting in a kayak and she kayaks with you. I mean, how many cats love the idea of being on the water and wearing a life jacket? She was like, that's fine. Good idea. I'll put it on. Right? I mean, exactly. it's she, pretty yeah, amazing. She just loves seeing me. Yeah, she just loves seeing me. Even when um, stuff like I'm in the house just now, but if I go outside to the garden, um, she's just always got to have her eyes focused on me so she can see me. It's quite, it's, wow. it's unbelievable. Like, That's really unusual. I mean, even the most attached dog doesn't do that. You've been around the world. I mean, if, if we just rattle off the countries you've been to, honest to goodness, half of them they're obviously like new names for countries in the past decade or something. Bosnia, Montenegro, Albania, Greece, Turkey, Georgia, Azerbaijan, Hungary. I mean, just on and on, all on this bike. It, it's a fancy bike. I mean, it's meant for kind of mountain roads. But how many miles or kilometers have you put on it and yourself and her? We have done um, around about 10,000 miles, which must be about 13,000 kilometers, maybe. Wow. And um, you're still and at it. Nala's done, yeah, still doing it. Nala's done 21 countries <laughs> at the minute. Uh, the most traveled cat in the world has, I think, 26 countries. So we're going to try and beat that, which we should do it very soon. Oh, yes. Any minute now, given, given you now. So I'm imagining you in this this cozy cottage in Scotland, your roots, where you have a family who's very devoted to you. When you made the trip all the way back there for your grand's 90th birthday, where are we talking to you from now? I am in Austria and Gablitz. So with coronavirus, um, I was in Hungary and then I was allowed to travel again and started opening up the borders. And I got to Austria. And then I came and met a lady who was from Scotland because she was a fan. And then I went to go on my bike again and I jumped over a fence and I tore the ligaments in my ankles. So I had to stay here for a few weeks. She let me she let me use one of her rooms, which was a massive thank you to her. But yeah, so we're in Austria just now and we're doing the media and then we're going to get back on the road. This is really amazing, Dean. You're still... A, a teenager. I mean, you jump over a fence and pull all these ligaments. In the beginning of the book, you mentioned casually that, oh, my goodness, you had torn up, you know, your your leg because you jumped into some deep diving off of a cliff. And you'd sort of done something like that back in Scotland when you were younger and you figured, ah, oh, they've given me bad advice. I should bend my knees when I land in the water miles below. You seem to have little regard for comfort or safety you just you just do whatever occurs to you don't you um i i quite enjoy taking a risk so that bridge when i done my knee i done tore my acl ligament in my knee it was like a 26 meter bridge in bosnia and it was the middle of winter and the boy said to me he's like it's a tourist hasn't done it for about four months it's too cold the water's too deep too fast flowing but i was like i want to do it i enjoy doing this sort of stuff and then I jumped off the bridge and just straight away, uh, the pain in my leg. And I managed to come out because there were so many people with cameras up on the bridge and the adrenaline was pumping through my body <laughs> that I was still able to walk. But then the next day when I went to hospital, I just couldn't move my leg. And that was actually a week before I met Nala as well. That's right. All that happened. And, That's right. Yeah. And, you, and you just took I, off. You took off the cast they'd given you. You thought, the heck with that. I'll just bike. I'll bike. And, and I, along I tore, came I this cat. 
yeah, I tore off the cast after five days and just got back on the bike and just took it nice and easy. And then I found Nala. So it happened for a reason. Well, definitely you you throw caution to the wind. That's fair to say. And yet not with her. You don't put her at risk. You look after her very carefully. When you first had her, she had upper respiratory problems. And then you it was so sweet when you had the first deluge of rain and you were much more worried about her than yourself. And you, you kept trying to buy things that would, you know, protect her and save her. I love the part early on where you tried to put a collar on her and she was so teensy tiny. She was maybe seven weeks old, the vet told you. And you tried to glue a collar together only to discover you'd glued it to her fur, right? I, I did I, I forgot about that. But yeah, glued it to her fur and she wasn't very happy with that. And um, yeah, it's all about just learning as I go on. So her safety and her happiness is the most important thing to me. And as long as she's safe, uh, safe and happy, I'll keep going. But we've had to adapt the bike loads of times. We've had to get umbrellas for it to block off the UV in the sun. Right. I've got sun cream for, for her ears. <laughs> um, yeah, the basket is getting bigger and bigger and, um, yeah, good cushions for her and all that. So she's always comfy in the front. She's always happy. And it's where she wants to be. She likes to see the world with you. Uh, do, do you in, it, you obviously depend on the kindness of strangers, and now people probably don't feel as though you're a stranger because they follow you on social media and you post photos, and so they know where you are and how you are. And it's an enchanting story. You're such a free spirit in a world where everybody is tied down, whether it's COVID or not. Everybody seems, you know, burdened by the the pressures of modern life, and you have refused to engage in any of those things. You're simply a man on the open road. And this kitten being with you, she's now a cat, is I think something that must be really uplifting to people. You represent the freedom that none of us know how to do, would think we'd want to do, but it's amazing that you do it. It's like you're doing it for all of us, Dean. I know that might sound kind of nutty. Yeah, but, yeah. but when the book first started, I thought, oh, my God, I would so not want to be in that tent. And, oh, the pestle that went in the front end of the cat came out the <laughs> rear end. And that's only part of it. You don't mind the physical discomforts. You simply expect people to be nice to you, don't you? Um, yeah, I mean, all around all the countries I've been to, um, I've just met some absolutely amazing people in the world. Yes. And it's from countries where you possibly see in the news and you think, you know, they're going to be bad people when you right. go over there. And, yes. Um, I would avoid that country. And I went through, like, take Turkey, for example. Good point. And they were just, they were just the friendliest people. Um, I never had any problems whatsoever. And everywhere I would cycle, people would stop. They would um, shout me over. They don't drink alcohol over there, so they would shout me over. They'd invite me into their house. They would make me a cup of tea. Really? Um, give me hope. I give me places to stay. They're just they're the friendliest people in the world. And that's like that with every single country I've been in. Obviously, you attract that. You're a magnet for goodness and kindness because they see you. Maybe they don't even see the cat right away, but they see a traveler. And I guess throughout human history, there's always been that person, whether it's with a pack on his back and trudging with a, uh, you know, a staff that he's a walking stick or maybe on a donkey or a horse or or now a bike. I think all of us want to salute you for, for having that sense of adventure and sense of, I just want to make a connection and, and travel the world making connections. I think it's great that you're doing it. Your book, Nala's World, One Man, His Rescue Cat, and a Bike Ride Around the Globe 
is a wonderful testament to your spirit, to Nala's love for you and yours back to her. And I, 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 I hope that you have many wonderful roads ahead of you and that you continue to have the joy that you've, you've given people and you've had yourself. Thank you for being here, Dean. Uh, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but clean protein also comes as a dry food, the first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by cat water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.